Mm, so today we have a very, very special guest. And before we dive into this conversation, I just want to honor the magic that you have given me, Michael, and to everyone that you encounter. You are just such an amazing soul. And uh, it's just so amazing to be in your presence. So thank you so much for being here today. Wow. Thank you. That's quite an intro. (laughs) I appreciate this moment too. Yeah, for sure. And so I want to just dive into because your spiritual journey has inspired me so much. And I just want you to kind of dive in and share a little bit and kind of how that has transpired into what you're bringing to the world today. Mm, Okay. So for me, my journey began pretty young. I was like eight or nine years old when I started to basically spontaneously start meditating. Um, No idea what meditation was. Nobody taught it to me. Nobody, you know, um, did anything. My father was very strict, very conservative Catholic. Um, You know, so we we grew up in a Midwestern kind of, you know, pretty um, religiously bent um, uh, family not allowed to read the horoscope in the newspaper. <laughs> and gosh, you know, gosh forbid that somebody, one of, one of us uh, asked if we could have a Ouija board for Christmas, right? <laughs> but that was the environment. So I had no idea what it was that I was doing. Um, I just knew that if I sat in certain positions or if I, uh, I, I could focus, I could get this feeling like this vibrational feeling, like this buzzing feeling in parts of my body and, and with focus and concentration, I can move that energy around. And that was just like totally cool to be able to do it for like eight or nine years old, just get into this, this zone, um, really, really into nature, so much into nature. We would go on vacations all the time, cross country road trips and every place we would stop, I would be the one that would be off, you know, sitting under a tree or on a rock next to a river or something, just, just in a zone, just meditating. So meditation continued to grow for me up, up until I was in high school. Um, we moved to California and lived right at the base of a 3,600 foot mountain, Mount Diablo, Devil's Mountain. <laughs> and um, I would get home from high school and it was literally 10 minutes from my front door to um, the gate that, you know, that went up the fire road to the mountain. And I'd be up there hours. I'd, I'd go up there and find a tree to sit on or a rock to sit on and three four five hours later you know I'd be opening my eyes and more often than not there'd be like a deer wandering nearby or or you know a rabbit or or some bird sitting on a on a branch or something just like checking out like what's this vibration coming from (laughs) and then got into life you know um I was having some, by the way, I was having some, like, again, unexplained, no idea, um, astral travel, um, out-of-body experiences, that type of stuff. No idea what I was doing, but friends would be like, hey, did you come visit me last night? And I thought, right, I thought that was a dream, but I guess it was like, you know, <laughs> like it really happened. Um, still didn't know what I was doing. And then basically life came along, right? You know, kids, marriage, job, and I kind of moved my spiritual uh, nature off to the side because again it wasn't something that I was dedicated to it was just it was just something cool to be able to experience at that age and it wasn't until I was uh, around 30 or so I think it was like around 2004 2005 that I was in a really really down 
part of my life. Um, and I called my, my business coach, uh, mentor and friend, Matthew. And I, and I said, Hey, you know, I was, I was down in Southern California at the time I just um, attended a, a workshop with, with him. And I was calling him basically saying, Hey, you know what, this is probably the last time we're going to, we're going to talk. Um, and he's like, why, what's going on? And I'm like, you know, I don't think, uh, like, you know, I'm by the, if I make it all the way home, if I get home, you know, I, I probably not going to see tomorrow. Um, I was, you know, I just was ready to give up and he's like, hold the phone. <laughs> he's like, you got to talk to my friend, Steve. And uh, he introduced me to Steve, Steve Sadlier and Steve, um, uh, owned and operates a, a company called the Self-Awareness Institute. Um, he spent most of his life studying all over the world, down in Peru with shaman in Peru, uh, with the Lakota uh, tribes in in the uh, in the Americas, um, over in India. He studied with some of the the top, um, high, most highly regarded uh, gurus in India. Um, the Maharishi Mahesh Yogi, the one that started Transcendental Meditation, the gentleman that was the the yogi for or the guru for the Beatles. Um, Shiva Bala Yogi Maharaj, uh, Ravi Shankar. I mean, just like, you know, all of these, these, um, these gurus that were at the top of, of you don't get the, the title Maharishi. <laughs> like, that's not something you, <laughs> that, that is just handed out uh, in, in, in India, you know, um, like a participation trophy <laughs> for kids <laughs> sports, right? <laughs> Um, so yeah, so he had a chance to really study with some, some really, really powerful guys, you know, people that could, that, that could move energy at, at, at insane levels, um, and taught him how to do a lot of that. So he began to work with me and, you know, uh, opened my third eye and, and, and taught me about the chakra system. And I studied with Stephen for about 18 years. He awakened my Kundalini. It was a, an amazing, like four hour journey. Like I've never experienced before, um, like I literally was not walking on the ground afterwards. Like my feet were moving forward and I, you know, I was walking, but it was not on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> so I, like I said, I studied with Stephen for 18 years, completed a, um, uh, an advanced course uh, with, with him, became certified as a um, uh, mindfulness meditation and wellness coach uh, with the Self-Awareness Institute. And then just kind of, you know, started to really um, about five years ago, six years ago, uh, really began to, to, to dive deep into the study of, of spirituality and reading all kinds of books. And I became Reiki certified and I became a certified master herbalist. And, and you know, I, I studied a bunch of other, some other um, uh, healing modalities and, and, and different lineages and all this stuff. Um, and really opening up to, you know, what's beyond just the buzzwords that that are being said in the in the spiritual community what's like what's really out there what's and and once i would learn about something like the akashic records or um something along those lines really going down that rabbit hole deep diving into this where does it come from where did it start how is it uh, um, formulated you know how is it spread how's the information about it spread really diving deep and looking at the etymology of of words that are associated and all that kind of stuff um because really getting down to the the essence that the you know, the energetic essence of, of anything and how does it, how does it really vibrate with, within myself? Um, learned how to do Shakti Pot and Shakti Pot is very similar to Reiki for any of those that are Reiki certified. It's, it's a transference of energy. Reiki is more designed for the transference of energy for healing purposes. Shakti Pot is more designed for um, the transference of energy in order to enable someone else to 
to, to elevate their consciousness. So someone who's more skilled and more practiced at Shaktipat, you know, would usually be the, the guru or the one leading the, the session and uh, would, be, would be helping all of those that were there to raise their vi vibration, basically. So Shaktipat is all about expanding consciousness, whereas Reiki is more, um, you know, about the healing uh, part of the modality. Although Reiki does do, you know, work with chakras and, and things as well. Um, Shaktipat is not necessarily a chakra-oriented um, uh, practice. It, it, it gets into the essence, the energy that animates you know, the spirit that, that animates our, our, our physical containers. What is it that, that makes us breathe? What is it that, that, that makes our cells reproduce? What is it that, that animates us? And that's really, that's Shakti, right? That's um, in the Hindu lineage, this, this is what they call Shakti. You can call it Chi in, in you know, the Eastern um, uh, Oriental, uh, we call it Chi or, or Ji. Um, you could call it Prana. Is, a, is another word for it, but Shakti is is really the, the the term used within the Hindu culture for this energy that animates our being, um, and so that's what Shakti Pot is. It's 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 sending my vibrational frequency out. So if someone is vibrating, let's just use an arbitrary scale of zero to a thousand, right? And and they're vibrating at three hundred, and I'm and my vibration is vibrating at a higher vibe at five hundred, six hundred, whatever then I'm able to draw them up into that, that, that level just by uh, attuning their vibration to the vibration that, that, that uh, I'm sending out. So, and you've experienced that a couple of times, right? Yes, for sure. And I feel like <laughs> I, I've been having some superpowers with that as well. Like, that, like when you're saying this, I'm like, oh, that feels like more of what my ability is than like, do you know, cause I've been able to do some type of like, energy healing stuff but I don't really know what is happening so that's cool that you like have been able to notice these different things throughout you know and and yeah. they have different words and names as I'm just like okay <laughs> yeah I'm a I'm a, a nerd for knowledge <laughs> I love it <laughs> so I mean that's so that's pretty much my journey you know um I, I've had some some it's not all been, you know, fun and 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 sitting in bliss and and all that type of stuff. I've had some significant challenges in life, um, you know, some childhood traumas that that uh, put me into a uh, um, a state of of attracting in mental health disturbances, um, mental health issues, um, agoraphobia, chronic anxiety. Uh, PTSD. You know, these are all the terms, the labels that that society has, has given to the behaviors that I've been expressing uh, over the past five or six years because of the emergence of, of the knowledge of the trauma. These you know, traumas were repressed for 40 years for me. Um, but um, you know, I don't necessarily ascribe to any labels, right? <laughs> so that's nice that they have a name for these things, but I know what it is. It's, 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 negative energy that wants to move out of the body and it's, and it's, you know, disturbing things as it goes. So. <laughs> mm. No, this is so, so good because I mean, like, I feel like all of us in some point of our human experience, we're going to have these traumas and things, you know, come up for us or whatever it is, right? Like this energy that wants to move through the body. And so I found myself where 
I can be completely neutral now and I can allow the emotions to run through me and really be conscious of the feeling that it feels, but also like how it feels to release it. And I'm curious as to like, for you, is that a lot of what you've been able to do with the, these energies moving out of your body? Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm going to take a moment just, just to applaud you for um, the work that you've done, because when you and I met just about a year ago now, um, your vibrational signature was definitely, you know, down in that, in that fear and, and, and anxiety area. Um, there was a lot of things that, that, that I was picking up from you that I don't feel at all anymore. So you've done a tremendous amount of work and, and the, the dedication, the, the ability to commit yourself to saying, um, you know, this is, this is what I need to do. Uh, and this is what I'm going to do. And just no idea where the resources are going to come from. Right. <laughs> yes, exactly. It's literally just like, okay, I'm always supported. And I feel like the more that we, release this negative energy or these stories or beliefs that we've right. just constantly put on ourselves, we can allow ourselves to feel the support. Like before yes. it was like, you know, you're telling someone, okay, you're supported, you know, but then once you really are allowing these energies to move through you, like I feel supported now. So there's no need to fear any of these things because I know it, you know, in my right. body. And I think that's the most exciting um, thing for all of us to get to is a place of forgiveness within yourself and really starting to understand that anything that you're not liking or whatever's being reflected to you is an opportunity for you to look within yourself and allow that energy to move through you. And like, I've Very been much. like experiencing that so rapidly but like it's fun you know because it's like yeah. okay like now I don't have to attach an emotion to this feeling I can just allow the feeling to move through me and I think that's also what you are such a great example of is like you like when you need to like clear this like you give all of your energy and support into knowing that that is what you need to do right now you know like you really honor yourself in that way and it's just so magical to even witness you all the the raising of the vibration and all these things that you've done within yourself so well thank you thank you and and you know you you bring up a good point because because there's a trend within the spiritual community right now to cut out you know, negative energies or lower vibrational energies. Uh, there's a statement going around that if it isn't a full body hell yes, then it's then it needs to be a full body hell no, right? And I'm like, no, wait. The, these things that 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 are not resonating with us are there for a purpose. They're they're there to 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 lead us in a direction where we need to look at something deeper than what we might be ready to do in that moment. Um, but these people that that are in our world that that, you know, we feel we need to cut them out. I'm not saying if you're in an abusive situation, stay in the abusive situation. I'm not saying that at all, right? I mean, yes, look after your, your personal safety first. That, that comes first. Obviously, get out of, of those types of situations. But to say I'm cutting this person out of my life because I don't like their energy, 
we have to remember that that person is just a mirror of us. They're just reflecting a part of us. So what we're saying is there's a part of me that I'm not wanting to recognize right now, or I'm not willing to look at, I'm not willing to, to admit um, that that energy is within me as well. Right. Mm. And, and, and so when we cut that energy out, we're, we're actually cheating ourselves. We're cheating ourselves of, of the opportunity to really sit with it and, and, and grow with it. Um, and I came to a point, what was it back in February? I think it was where, um, you know, again, a lot of things were, a lot of energy was, was, was rising to the surface for me. And, and I basically, I, I cut everything out that was taking my time away from experiencing what I was experiencing. So it wasn't that I was saying that, you know, I, I don't want to be on social media because I did, I, I closed my social media accounts. It wasn't, I was saying, I don't want to be on social media right now because, because I don't like how it's affecting me. I was saying it's taking away my time from experiencing what I'm experiencing from really truly feeling what I'm feeling. Cause I know I need to do that in order to reach that next level of healing. Right. I mean, it gets to the level of, of the difference between knowledge and perception. That's, that's really the, the key. When anything that, that we ascribe to ourselves, anything that we're feeling within ourselves, the first thing that, that I do, because I've had experiences where I'm like, I'll wake up one morning and I'm just in a really grumpy mood or I'm in a, in a depressed mood. I'm like, I don't think this is my energy, right? So, so there are times, especially in, in a good portion of the people that are, that are probably listening to this, you know, are, are those that will probably register somewhere on the empathic scale, right? Yeah. Um, that, that, that we do absorb, we do pick up on the energy of, of, of other individuals. And, and it's easy to claim it as ours because we feel it so, so purely and so, so strongly as if we are actually generating the emotion ourselves. So if you look at the difference between knowledge and perception, knowledge meaning like, yeah, there's there's no chance in that anything will be different about this piece of information right like like gravity if i step off the roof there will never be an opportunity where i won't fall right like i i know i step off the roof i'm going down like that's yeah. knowledge right where where there's 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 no way that you can contest it so every time something comes up like that i i ask myself is this knowledge if so is it is it is it truth? Is it true in every situation? Is it true in, in all situations? Is it true for, for all people, for all manifestations of, of, of individuals? Is it true? Um, you, you look at that and, and, and if there's any part of it where you're saying like, oh no, it wouldn't be true there, then it's not knowledge, it's a perception. And perceptions are subject to judgment, right? There's levels of judgment. Um, I perceive somebody walking down the street towards me, it's dark at night, do I perceive them as a threat or do I perceive them that they're afraid of me, that I'm the threat to them, right? Because the, that, that energy can go both ways. So that's a level of perception. You don't have the knowledge that that person is a dangerous person. You have the perception that they are, right? So anything that, that, that comes up, any situation, anytime I feel anything that, that isn't resonating within me, I take a look at it. Where, what is it? Where is it coming from? Is it mine? Right. Or, or I, and I hate to say that word, is it mine? Because then that promotes ownership. And we know we love to protect this, the things that we own. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like when, when I was going through my depression states and stuff, I stopped saying I have depression or I have anxiety. And I started saying I'm currently experiencing um, because that takes that, that sense of ownership away. And it gives me the opportunity to say, do I still want to experience it? Right. I'm currently experiencing if I have anxiety, well, 
tough, you know, tough luck, dude, you're stuck now. Like you have yeah. it, like it's yours. Yeah. Um, but, but when we say I'm currently experiencing anxiety, now I can examine, I can look at it. Is it my anxiety? Am I picking it up from somebody else? Right. Am I, am I empathically um, absorbing it from somewhere else? Do I want to still feel it? Do I still want to experience it? Is it teaching me something? Is there value here? And if not, now I can set it aside. I can set it aside. It's a perception. It's not mine. It's something that my mind or my ego is creating in some way to try to protect me from something that it doesn't, that it doesn't feel as safe. Yeah, that's, oh my gosh, that is so, so true. Because like, so I had an example where I had like an event or people I was going to be around that I really didn't want to like, I was like, Oh, like the whole, like, I'm not going to deal with the negative energy kind of thing. Right. Right. And the moment that I got there, I literally like felt what they were fearing or felt what they were feeling of a past experience of me. And I just sat there and felt what they might've been, or maybe what I had felt and created that projection on it, you know? And so again, what you're saying, just like knowing that like when you really know that you create your reality, like you create all of it, yep. like all the things happening, whether, you know, cause a lot of times we see something outside of us and we're like, Oh, I don't want to deal with it. And let's just push it away. But the more that you actually are like, okay, what is this teaching me? Where am I going to go with this? And then you can actually dive in and really start to question your next moments you know yep. because like we can literally change how we're perceived right now by just changing that perception of the next moment yeah exactly the way that Sadhguru puts it he says you know this moment is inevitable it's not that all moments are this moment right now is inevitable because everything that that happened before led to this moment right now the next moment is not inevitable the next moment is our choice the next moment is pure potentiality Right. So if we recognize that when we're in a situation, um, one of the things I was working for a company, um, my friend Matthew, that I was talking about, he owned a, started a company called the Academy of Influence. And we worked with salespeople um, to help typically training them with neuro linguistic programming and, and, and help them establish, you know, um, stronger sales skills. And one of the things that we as coaches were, were told that Matthew that Matthew told us to do. He said, when we go out into the crowd, like at a break or whatever, and there's 80 people, 100 people, whatever, that would come to these, find the person that that feels the most slimy to you. Like, you know, that person you're just like, ooh, like, I don't want to spend time with that person at all and spend as much time with that person as you possibly can. Like, get to know them. Like, don't just gravitate towards the, the people that you know and you like and that, you know, that are vibrating at the same energy. Like, go out there and find those that are, that are, and you'll usually find them in the back of the room or, or on the periphery. You'll usually find them, you know, in, in small groups or one-on-one or -on -one type stuff, but go and find those people that, that are just making you feel like, ew, and sit with them and spend time with them and get to know them. And some of those people that I, that, that I did this with, gosh, they became some of my favorite people ever. Mm -hmm. And it was just that the signature, the energetic signature, the vibration that they were putting out at that moment was not in alignment with, with where my uh, energetic signature was, what I was open to receive. So it was coming in through a way that, that made it feel uneasy or, 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 or disconcerting in some way. Um, but after I got to know them, you know, gosh, what a change, what a change. 
So don't be afraid of those moments, people. Don't like embrace them. Like, yes, I get to learn something. I get to experience something that's uncomfortable. I get to expand my boundaries, right? I get to push my limits. Oh, yeah, such a good reminder because I mean, like in one moment I was so resistant and I changed my decision, but faced it and then feel like literally I just have all like a weight has been lifted off of me and it probably has like that's how much like people don't realize that energy can literally be like this heavy weight that's like yes like not grounding you but just like keeping you from your potential essentially what it is that you want to create yeah and that barrier that restriction that weight is not even really there it's your ego that is tricking you to believe because the, what your ego wants to do is it wants you to go to the ego for protection because it knows that the separation right the separation whatever fabled story that that that, that you follow if it's it's Adam and Eve in, in the garden of eden or whatever story you you follow about the separation where where man became separate from the divine right when we when we recognized our own human nature right um, the whole metaphor of the tree of knowledge, it, 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 it's, it, it's the self-knowledge, the self-awareness. This is where the birth of the ego came from. We had to become conscious. We had to be able to see ourselves, to view ourselves before we could develop an ego even to begin with. Prior to having self-awareness, um, there was no need for an ego, right? So those, those two things come as the same coin, but ego is to consciousness. If there are, if, if, if those are the two sides of the coin, ego is to consciousness, just like darkness is to light. The, the, the one only exists in the absence of the other. You don't walk into a room and go, wow, it's so bright in here. Where's the dark switch, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. You, you, you turn down, you, you, you remove the light in order to, to increase the darkness. And, and it's the same thing with ego. It's not that we're, that we're not meant to have an ego. It's not that the ego is something evil or vile or something to get rid of or kill off. Um, it, it's there to show us where there's an absence of consciousness, where there's an absence of, con- of love or, 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 or light uh, in, in our lives. It's there for a purpose. And, and, but it knows the more we move to the conscious side, the less we're going to rely on the ego, right? So it tricks us. It, it gives us these scenarios how many times have you played a conversation in your head like like a hundred different ways and then you actually have the conversation, you're dreading it, dreading it, dreading it and you actually have it and it goes nothing like what your ego told you it would go. Yes, <laughs> <Right>? definitely. <laughs> so don't, listen, don't listen to that. Don't listen to the monkey mind. Yeah, and it's just, yeah, it's a silly, it's a silly thing. But like I've heard even a perspective of like, it's literally just, its job is to just like, see things for you to respond to right like but we like have switched the roles like oh it tells us so much you know but all it's doing is seeing and bringing that information back to you so if you're seeing things that you're not necessarily liking well then you can it allows you to really dive in and get to know yourself a little bit more definitely definitely and one of the the quickest switches for people that, that do struggle with that, struggle with their monkey mind. If something's coming up and you're feeling a lot of resistance and you're really feeling you know, this trepidation, this anxiety about t- taking a step forward, ask the ego, look, if this isn't gonna work, if, the, if you're trying to protect me right now, then find me the way that it will work because I want to do this. 
So help me work with me, ego, and give it a job to do because now it's your advocate, it's your friend. It's like, oh yes, it needs help, right? And it's going to go. It's going to help you actually create ways in which the things that are that you're resisting, that are that are, are difficult, that you you're afraid of of you know getting involved in, it 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 actually helps show you how it will work, right? Because that's what its job is 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 to is to help you feel like you're safe. So use it. Use yeah. it as an ally. Oh my gosh, that that is a really great way to put it. Give it a job, like yeah. <laughs> so that way it doesn't have to like mess up your uh, your your vibes. You know, just yep. like here's what you're gonna do, and let's move on. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think of it like a like a puppy, right? Like a, like a brand new puppy. If somebody came and knocked on your door, the puppy's gonna go crazy, start barking, all this stuff, right? You don't scold the puppy; it's just doing what it what it does. Yeah. Right. You, you, you teach it, you train it to do other things so that it's, it's more comfortable when somebody knocks on the door and it doesn't go into that hyper, you know, active protective protection mode. So same thing with the ego, but give it something else to do, slowly train it to be comfortable in those situations that are more, um, feel more dangerous or scary or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that is so, so good. That is, that is magical. That is a, mic drop magical <laughs> sentence that you just shared right there that's so good and so for those that aren't aware of your recent podcast your recent like baby that you're birthing out into the world um how can they find you what even inspired you to create that and and on <laughs> Uh, thank you. First off, thank you for giving me the opportunity to share about it. It's called Tending the Sacred Fire. And it's on most of the major platforms, um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, um, and some of the, um, uh, I can't remember what some of the others are, but there's, there's some more like niche podca uh, podcast channels, if you will, or stations, broadcasters, whatever. Anyway, so it's called Tending the Sacred Fire. Um, it Links in my in my Instagram bio, um, Sacred Fire Podcast is my Instagram handle. Why I started it, it was really just um, enough people mentioned it to me or, or said, you know, oh, wow, you know, the information that you share, it's so potent. I, I wish I had recorded. Well, I'll have conversations with people like you and I are having. And then at the end of it, they'll be like, I wish I had recorded that. And so this led to this, you know, people asking, you know, could you start a podcast so you can share some of these things? Uh, in a format that I can go back to again and again and again and listen to. Um, so yeah, it just kind of, it just kind of formed of itself. I sat with it for a while before I actually did it as I, I will do with, with all things. I don't, I don't tend to jump in, you know, right away. Um, I'll, I'll sit with it for a while and see how it resonates and see what's coming up. See if there's any ego attached to it. It's like, Oh, yay, I'm going to start a podcast and get all these followers and I'm going to be so popular and blah, 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 blah. If, yeah. that's, atta <laughs> if that's attached to it, I'm going to sit with it and not do it for a while until the ego goes, okay, I give up. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. We don't, it, we don't need to be popular. Okay. I get it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's a, that is a really strong one when you're starting so, anything new, right? Like yes. an Instagram, whatever it is, it's like all of a sudden our ego is like, well, I want to be the best, but it's like, you're already the best right now doing nothing. <laughs> you <Yep>. know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> And the more people that recognize that and then can have a, you know, a social media account just for fun. Why not? 
Yeah. Just for fun. Connect with people that you wouldn't connect with. Use it as a, as a tool that it is. Don't let you become the tool that's getting used all the time because those companies are very good at, at attracting and, keep, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, keeping you online as, as much as they can. So yeah. Oh, well, this conversation, which I knew was so magical. Thank you so much for coming here and sharing all that you bring to this world. You're more than welcome, Sarah. It was fun. Uh, bye for now.